1: At Leia Healthcare, we always want to give our members more. So now, you get unrestricted access to a world of benefits that will help you stay healthy. From convenient video calls with a GP to get prescriptions online, to easy access to experts when you finally want to do something about your ropey knee or dodgy back. And if you do need to see someone urgently, our clinics are available for minor injuries. All without you needing to put your hand in your pocket. Let's stay on top of your health, in every way. Leia Healthcare. Looking after you always. Insurance provided by Ellipse Insurance Limited Trading is Leia Healthcare. Leia Healthcare Limited Trading is Leia Healthcare and Leia Life is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Unrestricted benefits are available until the end of December. Fair usage policy applies.
2: Yes, another massive name on Open Goal, we've only got the Celtic manager, Ronnie Dyler. How are you doing, Ronnie?
1: I'm good, and you?
2: I must say, I'm good, mate, but I must say your quiff is tremendous.
1: <laughs> uh, the virus has uh, made it long now, too long, but I tried to, to make it right. I try to make it right,
2: best out of it. It's looking great, mate. Uh, right, how's life in New York, Ronnie? Is it good? You're living the dream?
1: Yeah, of course, uh, it's a very special situation right now, but um, the city is fantastic. And uh, it's always been a dream to to experience U.S. And I've been all over now already. So, um, so I'm looking forward to the future. So hopefully now we can get started in a couple of months and uh, get played again. And then uh, go come around in the city as well.
2: Yeah. I need to ask you, do you ever get Gary Mackay stevens and Donald Trump mixed up?
1: <laughs> I have to be fair with Gary there. Uh, that's,
2: that's harsh
1: on Donald Trump. Kilos between them, some kilos in uh, some years. <laughs> have you
2: had much, uh, Have you? Heard, has it been hard keeping them out the Hudson River as well? Yeah, that's, uh, yeah,
1: that's been, uh, been hard, that's been hard. <laughs> uh,
2: and I've seen as well, Ronnie, I've done a wee bit of research today. Efren Juarez is your assistant manager yes how did that how did that come about
1: ah that's a long story but to make it short that I was in uh, Cancun last uh, December last year uh, not two years ago one and a half years ago and then uh, he comes over me to the shopping centre and asks if I was the ex uh, Celtic manager and I say yes oh, so then we start talking and then we we had a good company together for Couple of weeks, we're together with the families and everything, and then um, he joined the morning with me last year, and was player. And then when I went to New York, he was finished with the contract in the morning because it was only one year. Then uh, I needed a guy that um, that uh, is good at speaking Spanish and also know um, players that is uh, South American, Latin, um, and know um, and MLS, and, um, and I knew also. Because I know as a player and a person that he's they, going to be a good assistant as well. So now um, he's here in, the, in New York with me.
2: I was, a, I was a player at Celtic, a young player, when he signed for Celtic. Oh, I was only there for two weeks for him. Has he still got the terrible haircut?
1: Ah, he's getting better. I teach him some, something already. Good man. Good I, you know, man. I'm looking in the, in, the, in the army now. So that's good. Much better. <laughs> than I'm getting,
2: getting the Ronnie. I'm coaching now. I'm a coach at Peterhead in Scotland. So... If you're needing a first-team coach, young man, get me over. Imagine me and you on the Manhattan Strip. Uh, there's
1: been other takes coaching now.
2: <laughs> Brilliant. Right, we'll just talk about your career, Ronnie. Uh, what was your career like as a centre-back? What Were you, were you a big head the ball or were you a play out from the back? What, what kind of centre-back were you? I was both. Oh, I was, what a player then, what a player. But I, was, um, I
1: was very, really good at play from behind. That was my strength. You know, all the, uh, to get overload and carry the ball forward. Um, I was quite good in the air, but uh, that was the speed. It was not good enough. Uh, that was the biggest lack of uh, uh, quality I had. And um, of course, it's something also where you grow up. That was the culture I uh, was in it was was good, but it was not like the top top culture. And then you you get a part of the the, the team. So. So um, I had a good career. With uh, I was 13 years in my 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 club that I come from. I so was yeah. uh, was great. I played you no know, 330 games. So then I, I thought I'm gonna play the rest of my career. But um, I get uh, angry at the club because they didn't value the the player has been there for a long long time. Um, then I went to to Viking Stavanger. So I played one year there with uh, Roy Hodgson as a coach.
2: Oh, we Roy! What a guy!
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a fantastic year. Uh, we played good as well. We got to the uh, group stages in Europe that year. Yeah. So then my body was starting. Then I was 30 years old. I was starting to get a little bit of trouble and I hate the style of Roy, how he played, you know. Like, Why? Why did you hate it? I command come out, you know, It was no play from behind, you know. It was only defending and uh, up to the strikers. So I was like, I want to go back to the way I like to play, a little bit more, more Barcelona, a little bit more like that way. And then um, I get the offer to be assistant manager and playing in the Strømskotse. So I went there in 2000. I was only one year in Stavangeren, and I went there in 2006. And then I, we were, there was one division down from the top, and we go up. And then I played one year as a, in the top division, kicked them up. And um, after that, I
2: took over as a manager. Brilliant. I, I also like to play through the Ronnie. but that's a story for another night. Um, <laughs> see, when you were a player then. So what was, the, what was the moment that you thought, this is it, I want to be a manager? Because you balanced both, didn't you? You played and coached at the same time.
1: I think, you know, I had a big interest in it very early. Like uh, when I was 16, 17, 18 years old and I went to, to school, I was having... Um, teaching uh, having uh, like a what do you call it um, uh, one of the, the subject in the school was coaching right started already then and then when I was 21 years old I started coaching other teams so I had uh, junior teams I was a nineteen under 19 teams six years when I was playing in the top division in Norway at the same time wow. and I went to teacher school also because my mother was so angry at me, said, You can never leave off the football. You know, you need to have some education in the bottom. So, Boy, how wrong was she, Ronnie? How wrong was she, young man? I told her. I told you many times, I can tell you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs>
1: so, so, so then, uh, so, so it started already then. So uh, when I was playing, I always had jobs beside like training, coaching teams, or I worked with the Oce- association in Norway for two years, working with developing coaches and leaders. So I had like that um, on the way when I was still playing.
2: So I, I'm doing that now, Ronnie. I'm playing and coaching at the same time. I'm a player and a coach. How, how did you find that with shouting at players who you were playing alongside? Did that come quite easy for you or was it tough at first?
1: I, I was assistant coach. I don't think it's a good uh, good thing because when you get older, you need to take care of yourself in a better way. You need more and more time to, to get ready for training and match. And it's something about do what I'm saying, not what I'm doing. That's, that's very, very hard when you, you know, it's hard to put them out when you do something not right yourself. So, so that was, was a tough, tough thing, I think. Uh, so I, when I get the manager role, I was thinking at once I'm going to quit because uh, I couldn't do that managing and playing that would be disaster. Yeah.
2: You're right, because I'm having an absolute nightmare I think, mate, honestly, terrible. But, uh, <laughs> said, was your first permanent managerial role uh, in Norway. What kind of level would that be in Scotland? Uh, almost like I took over, what can I say?
1: Uh, Modwell. Right, okay. Uh, so Mid table sort of team. Uh, so, like, they were, they were, but, but they could be, as a strange, say so in his history, has been number three. They had won, it won two, 42 years, um, they had been for 42 years. They right. won in 1970, I think. And then, so it was a little bit up and down, they were down in second division. So they've been, So maybe the Model was a little bit bigger club than the Sturmskos was at that time, I think.
2: And what did, what did you feel like you had to change straight away on you when you went in there? What was it? Was it professionalism that needed changing? Was it tactics? What, what did you see when you first went in? I, first of all, it was a long ride, you know, it was nine years. So it's
1: like uh, I come in and um, I had 90% of my, 80% of my team was around 30 or over. So was so old. And then the financial crisis uh, comes. So the first year I had a very old team. And the second year when I go in, we had to go down 2,000, uh, 2 million pounds in budget. Budget, right? Wow. And then, so I had to kick out all the players and we brought in young players, 17, 18, 19 years old. So in 2009, in the second year I was coached, we were re- almost relegated in the, in the in the into the summer in the middle of the middle of the season, and then a lot of the fans and everything wanted to have me sacked because you know, when I was also very big mouth I go out to say I would rather relegate and play shit football because they okay, want me to. The- I love that. Uh-huh. Love then, that. But then uh, we started winning, we got we, we rented our older player Iset B- from Celtic.
2: Used to play my iPad, John.
1: That's him, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, he, uh, he, we rented him for half a year season. He was there to, you know, to keep the youngster in control, and and he did very well. And then after that year, we just getting better and better and better, and we, we sold a lot of players on the way, but we won the cup in 2010, and then 11 we were leading in the summer with six points or something, but we we ended up at number eight. In 2012, we were, we were number two, and in 2013, we won the league. So that was, uh, that was a fantastic journey with Sturm uh, Switzerland.
2: See, when you first went into the job, Ronnie, was it, your, was it your thoughts to win the league eventually? Like, do you set ambitions for yourself, or was it just kind of, I'll go and do my thing and see where we get, get to?
1: I think it was just, I just love to play beautiful football, and I love to, to develop players. And if you have consistency in what you do there and the culture, you make a good culture around it, everything is possible. Uh, but what we did with Demchus is, it's unbelievable because it's so hard. I don't can't don't see. It. We didn't use money at all. We sold player for uh, six, seven million million and pounds. In the wow. and then then is not Martin go into it because he gets sold little bit. Uh, I uh, won half a year after, and I was there one year after. So at the same time, we were getting better and better. Stefan Johansson yeah. was the key. He he wanted to go to somewhere in 2012 2013. and then I said, no, no, you have to stay. You have to go abroad. And he said, no, no, I have to go now. But um, I I persuaded him to to stay one more year, say win the league, then you can go. And he stayed, and he he was very fantastic that season. And then he went to Celtic afterwards. So so it's like we kept the consistency, and we had some really really good young players. We had four or five players into the national team of Norway
2: at that time. Right, right, mate. Your champions. Two questions. One, what size were the underpants? <laughs> <They're> so large. <laughs> Uh, that's a good, stupid question. <laughs> okay, number uh, two. How were the celebrations, mate? First title in 43 years. Was it? Was it a big gathering? Was it the whole city there? Was it? I was crazy. I'm we you should
1: go to YouTube to see it. It was like the city was totally full. 15,000 people into the City Center, and the, the on the stadium as well. It was like you know when you haven't won for 42 years. I was like unbelievable and then um, i remember you know you, you don't you don't get drunk that day you know you just it's too much people it's just stress you're so tired but we had uh we had a deal with uh, with the staff because we were saying sometimes my assistant coach sometimes he was like run it today i'm not coming into training and he go to the pub and we had one pub we called Palmen. And that was like a lot of alcoholics was, uh, was going there. But we said, if we win the league, we're going to meet there Monday morning at 10 o'clock with a trophy. So, when I, the Sunday night when we won, I was just thinking about the Monday morning. 9 <laughs> <laughs> 9.30, and then we, the whole staff was sitting there coming into that pump at 10 o'clock in the morning. You should see the people coming in there, you know, they were a little shaky when they come in and they see like, what is this? We <laughs> <laughs> put it on the table and say, come on, we're going to drink together. Brilliant. That's unbelievable day. Unbelievable day.
2: So you just sat in that pub the full day? All day.
1: <laughs>
2: what wow, a man. love that. Man. Love that. <laughs> right, Ronnie, so you win the league. Do you know straight away when you've won the league that you're looking for a new challenge? Like, had you taken that team as far as you could? I was, I'm always
1: like, I have to, if I don't feel I can't progress, or myself, or the team. I'm thinking that I have to do something new. And I get to offer for Malmö. Oh, what wow. team, Malmö, good. After, after that, and I said no to that because I didn't feel right. When I was down there, I was like, I didn't feel the connection. Um, so it was very strange, actually, that I did that, but I did it. And then I was staying halfway here. And uh, we did really good. Uh, also, then we were number two in the league when I went to Celtic. So then, then it was uh, yeah. I get I get the offer to Celtic around first of June in uh, 2014. Okay. So but, then, but then I felt like um, when you feel everything is going on, out of the like you know everything It was not challenging anymore. I wanted something new, and when Celtic was coming up, I like. There was no thought in my mind saying no to that. Yeah,
2: because uh, you visited a lot of teams to take in their coach, and then you went to Man City. Is that where your relationship with the City group started? Yeah,
1: uh, we had a lot of players from uh, from City, not a lot, but some of the young players, and also Africans uh, that uh, go into their academy down in Ghana. So we had um, starting there in 2010. I started to have a relationship with them and. We go over and we get a lot of inspiration and, um, and knowledge through Manchester City and I get a lot of good friends there as well. So that was, um, was a fantastic relationship.
2: Was it through them that Celtic's interest came, came in for you?
1: I think so. I think so. Yes, it is. It was that. You know, it's um, Peter, Lowell, um had, of course, a lot of contacts around the world, but he uh, knew a lot of people there as well. So I think
2: uh, Peter got that interest through... through... Uh, through Manchester City. But you were at a Celtic game the year before, weren't you? Was it Celtic-Barcelona you were at? And I was. I was crazy. So
1: what was
2: game was it? What
1: was your score? It was 1-0 to Barcelona. Messi scored, I think. Was, right. uh, but the atmosphere. I was sitting there and I think it was unbelievable. Uh, who can imagine that was going half a year and I was sitting uh, some under sugar? Amazing. Uh, isn't it? Did you go to one up after it? Uh, yes, I was out in. Uh, uh, I know that place. I mean, afterwards as well. This uh, big uh, in the center, city center, I don't remember what it's called. It was like. Um, I, I was out. I can tell you I was out.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Glasgow nightlife, Ronnie. Tremendous, eh?
1: It's nothing better, it's nothing better.
2: <laughs> yes, love it. Um, so when was the first contact from Celtic then? Who? When was the first contact from Celtic?
1: Uh, around the 1st of May, I think. And what, just a phone call? Yes, there was a guy in Manchester City that called me for and asked if I wanted to meet Peter. And then. But
2: it was as an assistant to start with Ronnie, wasn't it?
1: It's a, it's a fantastic story I don't think we have time for that now this was uh, but uh, uh it was in in the beginning uh, it was just small talks and then uh since they wanted me to come to London to meet the owner and then uh, I did that, and then I go back in because in my buy that time just an vacation uh and I go back again and then um, I get the offer to, to join Celtic as an assistant in the beginning, yeah. Uh, because, you know, it's a, to know Celtic, to, to know the Scottish football and start in that way and then maybe
2: go on if, if, the, if that goes, uh, goes good. But um, that didn't happen. Because uh, some of the names that were linked for you to be assistant of, like Sir Roy Keane, Henrik Larsson, what was your thoughts when you were thinking I could be working with these type of guys next year? I, my
1: thought was that uh, that was interesting, you know, you know, just the experience, I hadn't worked in uh, in uh, Britain or Scotland at all before, so I've been there just like a tourist, so I, I was into that
2: thought, and I uh, do that. And how much did the nightlife have to do with that decision that you were happy to come and be an assistant? <laughs> <laughs> so when did like let you know that you were going to be the man for the job then? What did he say? When did Celtic let you know that you were going to
1: be the main man? You're the man for the job, Um uh, This uh, other coach said no, and then they call again, and then I get offered a job, and then I was back in Norway again. It was around middle of June, 10th of June or something, and we had a cup game up in Drumser. And we, we played so shit and we lost. Uh, and it was totally, totally, it was out in the newspaper, and it was just unbelievable circus uh, all over, so we had to lose the game, had no chance with the, the focus in the, in the team and, and my focus and everything was,
2: was gone, so then, uh, um, then the process started. Was there any doubts in your mind, Ronnie, that you weren't ready for the job? Because what were you, 38? Yes, I was 38,
1: 39. Because at
2: 39, I don't, I don't think I could even manage ASDA and you were going to be the Celtic manager. Like no doubts, no doubts, you could do it,
1: no. Not not one single one. I was, wow. uh, but I had an unbelievable confidence when I come in there. You know, I had been so successful in uh, Norway. I thought I can uh, walk on water when I was going there. So, but it was so so, and and also you never turn down an offer like that because uh, I don't think you can prepare yourself to to get a job like that. I think you you have to do it, and then you have to learn
2: on the way. See, when you get offered the Celtic job, Ronnie, do you celebrate? Like, do you go out and celebrate? Do you go to that, that same pub that you won the league?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I met some friends, but uh, I'm a more calm then, because uh, like, uh, then uh, it's, nothing to, it's, it's something to celebrate, but then, the, you know, there's a lot of work to do. So, yeah. it's more like, you know, unbelievable proud. But at the same time, a so hard job. So you you have to start to make, make you mentally and physically ready for that.
2: Because your club, they, your club wasn't for letting you go, though, were they? How uh, hard is that I, at the same uh, time? So you uh, got the elation, and then they're not letting you go.
1: Uh, it was a very very tough uh, negotiation. There it was very so it was like, um, uh, it Was not very nice. It was not. But uh, at the same time, uh, everybody understand why I wanted to go to Celtic. Uh, but they wanted a lot of money. Uh, uh, but you don't get money for coaches. That's well for the player. So they had to come down on a re- reasonable level. Um, I think Celtic and Peter was very, very good in that way. You know, they, they get good paid. Stems uh, also, for for letting me go. Yeah. Is it true that you ju- You ended up jumping on a private jet to Glasgow anyway. Yes. Was, um, a Peter is you know, how to negotiate. So he he was like they were calling me all the time, Peter said oh, come on, we have to get some progress. And then uh, nobody in the club was answering. You know, so I was so mad, like nobody you didn't hear anything. So I said, You have to come to Norway. You have to come to Norway to 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 do this. and mean now you know what's going to happen, Ronnie. You know what's going to happen. It's like they're going to earn a lot of money, and then, you know, I just have to go back again. I was say, but you have to, because it's about respect, and you know, that you have to, you have to be really sure that you want me. And you know? I said, okay, i do it. And one. if you promise that you come with that plane, whatever happens. So I said, uh, yes, I go. So no problem. So uh, he went to went to Gardemund meet um, Strømfusse, and they want five min, five minutes, and then they were disagree, of course, because they wanted uh, unbelievable much money, and Peter wouldn't pay that. So he called me. You have to come up here, and then I went up to moon and um, go into the meeting. I said, "What the fuck is going on? <laughs> um, um, Calm down. You know, this is this is a dream for me. We have to do this." And, but, of course, I understand Sturmsos as well. It was a big, big shock for them. Uh, We're going out to the Champions League. We're going to go to the Champions League, qualification. everything, and they lose. A coach has been there for nine years. That was tough for them. So, but nothing gets arranged. So, Sturms also went out to Drummond. And then I went, they didn't know, but I went on the plane to Glasgow. How was, that? How was the private plane? Was it nice? Uh, then you understand that you're on something uh, special, you know. So like, uh, like a uh, farmer boy from from a small town in Norway, it's not uh,
2: normal things to to drive an a private When when Celtic wanted me to sign, easy easy jet, <laughs> <laughs> private jet. Some I, I, I would also be very satisfied
1: with that if that was the option. I'd <laughs> also able to get that job.
2: <laughs> uh, see when the, the deal was eventually agreed, Ronnie, like. Talking through the feelings of the day. Amazing. I was I was
1: fantastic. There was so much emotions, you know, when you're driving up uh, the Celtic Way, so many people there coming into the stadium. I had never I've been one time and there was a Barcelona game, go to that stadium and you come in and I was an emotional day and uh, tough day as well you know we have to stay then straight into a press conference with uh, 100 150 people and uh, you have to speaking in english you know that's uh it's actually very good sometimes to to experience how to be a foreigner in another country because you you when you haven't done that before you you take things very for granted like you are angry at the people coming to Norway and they don't understand this and this and this. But, you know, to understand the language, understand the culture, it takes time. And, um, and also to, to talk in front of so many people in English is um, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's an extra uh, load that
2: you, you're not thinking about when you're in Norway or you're Scottish and, and are managing in Scotland. Did that first day hit you, how big the club was? Is it bigger than what you expected?
1: Yes, hundred times bigger than I thought. Like, uh, like it was, was hitting me hard. It was, but same time, I think the press conference went, went really good. And I was when I was sitting on the plane home to Norway, I was like, "This I'm looking forward to. This is gonna be good." I was really, really optimistic and positive.
2: Yeah, you looked tremendous that day. I remember it.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
2: I uh, said, "What about assistant manager?" So you're coming over from a foreign country, as you say, you don't know much about Scottish football. How, how does the process work when you're appointing your assistant manager? Are people suggested to you? Do you speak to other people? How did you come up with John Collins? I
1: was Peter. talked to me about that. Uh, he wanted me to meet uh, John. So I'd sit down with John and um, I got a really good feeling about it. Um, and uh, that was the right feeling as well. It was fantastic for me in, uh, in the time when I was in Celtic.
2: I think the reason Peter and John Collins were so close is that they do set-up sessions together. Is that right?
1: I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, If I If I be like him when I'm 50, I'm going to be very happy. Oh, he's looking well. Uh,
2: was, was, there, was there no problem with the fact that... Did you know that Scott Brown and John Collins had a thing at Hibs together before you appointed John? I knew it after a while, but I didn't know it so much in the beginning.
1: But I was not thinking so much about that. Um... It's always like that with coaches and players, you know, when you stretch each other and the, the, uh, how tense it is, and you want to achieve something, and you have personalities, sometimes you you, you step under each other's foot uh, toes, that's, that's how it is, and I think uh, John is, uh, and also Scott as well, when, when you get things, you get older, you get things uh, a little bit distant, you, you understand both sides of things, uh, but I didn't have any problem with that when when we started working in uh, in Celtic. And
2: did you ever do a gym session with John Collins?
1: Yes, but he was uh, he was running uh, five kilometers every day and he had uh, some yoga, so that was not uh, not no problem to follow. Wow! I have to say that uh, he did it every day. I did it. Uh, in two weeks and I stop for two months (laughs) and I start again.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Quite right mate. Uh, First interaction with the squad then, Nori. What do you do when you get the job? Do you phone the captain straight away or do you wait and speak to the players together?
1: No, I... um, The first I called was Virgil van Dijk because there were some things that I had to talk with him about uh, going on at that time. Uh, and then when I come home to Norway, I, I call the leaders in the group. Scott, Charlie, uh, Lichig, um I think I call, uh, Chris, Cummins, some of the players, five, six of the players I called.
2: How is that? Is that a nervous thing when you're doing that from home, calling the captain and the big players? Is that is that kind of nerve-wracking or are you fine with stuff like that? Of course,
1: every relationship you start up with is like you want to make a good impression you have to get uh, get along with people. I don't think even when you have jobs like this uh, and also when you have football player as well you you have to challenge yourself a lot all the time you you were put up in situation that is is tough and um but that was a tough situation as well tough also you have the like, you feel a bit nervous. But that is so many coaches not talking about that. You know, everybody is a little scared and a little nervous when they are going to do things. That's that's why they have that pressure. But they love it at the same time. So for me as well, I love to feel a bit nervous. I feel like a little tense because what I went from in 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 Stelzler was you know I I lost my my nervousness because I feel that there was like autopilot. Now I have right. to do. You know, another chapter, new people. You have to do it all over again. So I was excited, but uh, but of course, it was a tough situation, press conferences, uh, players.
2: But I've done it for I've done it for nine years, so I knew knew how to do it. Yeah. See, see the fact that you wanted to revise the culture itself, like with the diet and the fitness, did that kind of ruffle a few feathers early doors? What? What? Like the way you wanted to change the culture with the diet and the fitness. Did that ruffle a few feathers early doors?
1: Yeah, I think I think the, of course every change is tough, but I think uh, when I come in, is had to do something with uh, with uh, the professionality. It was uh, players were not in a good shape, in my opinion. Then that after my standards and how I'm thinking. So nutrition was an important thing for that, and I think. Uh, was too much sugar and uh, carbs all over the place. So, they did that to the players, was uh, putting on too much weight. And if we're going to be a pressing team, we need them to be sharp and quick. And um, I think the players did amazing in that way. We lost 60 kilos in, in four months as a team. Virgin van Dijk was one of them, they lost seven kilos, so seven or eight kilos. Uh, okay, that was that was, you know, it's a different player when you when you do that. So for can me, you,
2: can you send me that diet, please?
1: <laughs> no problem. You look quite fit. Look, <laughs> you.
2: Well, I'm tremendous. But how quick they come in there
1: come far away? And then yeah. you're all- Stop with the bear and then, then you get three, four kilos
2: at once. <laughs> Can I stop the VMA? That's why I've got a nose like this. Uh, how quick? How quickly did you see, Ronnie, that you weren't happy with the, the fitness and the, the, the diets? Was it when you first weighed the players or when you first seen them in the first session? How quickly did you realise that they weren't at the standards that you wanted?
1: I just saw that at once. I say that when people take on the shirt. You see that. Right. See yeah, it when they run. So... But that was new when I come in with this. It was very new. I don't think it's new for them now. I think they understand that that's important. All over the world they're doing the same. So, But at that time it was, it was not a big focus. And, um, and uh, when you change culture, it's change things, then it's always people get frightened to what's happening now. Can I still Can I perform when I'm doing like this? So you have to you work with them uh, and talk with them all the time.
2: Uh, and uh, I think uh,
1: of uh, the players had a
2: lot of improvement in the, in that time. Would that be see so when you see players have, have got queries? Would that be as a group or would it be certain individuals coming to you querying it?
1: Uh, it was uh, both, but it was I talk with them individually. There's some people, some other players, with no problem uh, because they they were fit and things like that. But some others can improve and. But the players who fit us. Maybe something else they have to improve in. So was like you always have to have that mind that you want to, to to improve the players. And if the players don't want to improve, then you have to be really, really good to stay in the team. And that what's happened also the first year. You know, they had players there that uh, there was a transition there from the, the team that was successful uh, the year before and many years before to the team that we had in the, from Christmas and out as a young. Uh, Intensive, hard-working team. I was really, really hard to beat, and, uh, and uh, the players who adapted to that style of playing and the way we train. They were, they were playing uh, a lot that, that, the, uh, in that uh, from that from from the Christmas, Christmas and out where we were. We almost didn't lose games uh, at that time.
2: Yeah, who who stood out for you straight away, Ronnie? Who was the one that, or the two or three that the first couple of weeks you thought, wow, really, I really like him.
1: As many, a lot of players I like. Craig Gordon, I really like. Professional, really professional fantastic goalkeeper. Virgil van Dijk, of course. Uh, Jason Denayer, fantastic player. I think Lichwig was, you know, he he had troubles with injuries at that time, so we had to work a lot to to get him to can stand three games a week. And he did that, and when he played, he was very important. Uh, Scott Brown, of course, you never come out of him. He's uh, like that's the kind of leader, kind of person you want to have uh, in front of the players when you go out uh, on, on a game. It's uh, like it's a personality that don't accept losing. Uh, I think he was uh, really good. I think. So, so many talented players there, you know. So, so like, so you had Chris Commons, was fantastic in, uh, in things. You had Stokes, he was uh, had good things. Lee Griffith was uh, was amazing the second year, and uh, had John Goodetti and him in the beginning. They was uh, fighting together. Stefan Johansson had a fantastic year the, in 2014-15. Neil Borto Beaton had a very good development. He didn't play in the beginning, and then he played everything after that. So. I think you know. I think it was a lot of talented players, but of course, it was to like Van Dijk, Denayer, Scott Brown. You know, they they were really really high standard.
2: On- be, be honest, Ronnie, did you think straight away that Van Dijk could go straight to the top?
1: I, you can go to the newspaper to see that. I said very very early that he's going to be can can be the best defender in the world. Wow. So that's. Uh, when you see, it, he had everything. So what he, I think he missed in the beginning was like he was too lazy. He didn't train good, and he was sloppy, very sloppy. You know, ball over his head. It's he, gonna be all right. And he was not really fit in, in that um, the summer when I come in. He was. Uh, he needed to do some work, and he did a fantastic job with it himself that year. And uh, he was unbelievable. From he scored twelve goals, I think, that season mm. as a central defender.
2: I think six of the goals were against my team Dundee. So he only yeah, scored that's six. Out. That's his <laughs> team. <laughs> uh, I wanted to ask you as well, Ron. You're the man who gave Callum McGregor his big break. For me, Celtic's best player over the past couple of years. Were you surprised that you hadn't been given a chance before?
1: Uh. No, I don't think so. I think everybody has to take steps, uh, and he had to be rented out and in again. And I think Celtic did a fantastic job there. And then when he was ready, when, they come, when I come in, he, he gets started to do the play a lot. Uh, so he, I was thinking with him also, he had to develop, uh, but um, he's turned out to be a fantastic player. He was technically, really good, understand the game, runner, team player. So I'm very happy and. Uh, he should be proud of himself, what he's
2: become. So I think I think that's, uh, that's that's nice to see. Where was it you seen something in Ronnie? Was it a reserve game or was it training that you seen something that you
1: liked? It started in training, I think it was that. So, and uh, John Kennedy knew him a lot from before also. And, uh, and John Collins also. So, um, you know, and we gave him a chance. We started was a lot of winger in the beginning. And then they come more and more into the team.
2: Brilliant. Uh, Right, I wanted to ask this as well. For me, getting the Celtic job, the last thing you want for your first game is a Champions League qualifier. How tough is that?
1: That was tough, but uh, we had a static team in the beginning, so that was... That went okay. Uh, The other thing that was not good was we playing. We didn't play at home. Mm. So so that was... um, We played in Edinburgh. Oh, and then, funny, then, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, and then we met uh, Legia and they were, they were a good team They were good mm. But we weren't even close to, to, be, to beat them So That was the level we were at At that time uh, Maybe I didn't think That could be done better But at the same time It's a transition Always when a new manager Come in And, um, and we were We were not ready For, for that uh, stage In that time
2: How disruptive is it compared to other pre-seasons that you've done? The Champions League qualifiers.
1: The pre-season went quick, of course. So, I have, as I said, in Norway we can uh, play a whole season in Scotland before we start playing. So, it's like, you know, it's uh, three, four months with pre-season. So, it had to be quick so it's tough to get the people going. You have to play them in in shape. But, I think, I think that was uh, okay. Um, But, it was a lot of new things for the players, you know, when I was coming, new staff, everything. So, so um, then also in that transition is hard to also performing and at a high level.
2: I want a tip for you, Ronnie, in case I ever get the chance to be a manager. You go into a new club early on, things aren't working the way you maybe wanted with the results. Do you go and do you ball and shout, or do you, do you not do you not go down that road? Do you try and get the players on side by talking to them, or do you go and you need to stamp your authority? There's uh, something you have to feel on yourself. But, you,
1: you know, shouting, you can do one or two times a year. But if you do it every week, then uh, they don't listen to you. and the, they, they lose the respect of you. So, for me, it's about attitude. At bad attitude, then you can shout. But uh, if it's about that you do mistakes or, you know, that you, you, you don't have the quality yet to do it, then you need to be teached. So the process I'm around uh, getting better, then I think it's important to, to talk with them and learn from experiences. What do you learn when you do a mistake or you do good things? And then I'm very into talking to people, you know, ask them questions because one thing is about if I understand what they're going to do, but they have to understand it because they're going to go out on the, on the pitch. So if I show them a situation, I will ask them, how do you see the situation? And then they will talk. And then I say, Could you do it differently? See, do you see other opportunities? And then we'll say this and this and this. Yeah. Why you want to do that? Uh, because this, uh, then, then you get to be conscious. And when you get a conscious player, you get a better player. And that's, in my way, I think you have to, to teach. But then it's about the mentality of the players. Are you wanting to be taught? You know, average players for me, they want to be left alone. But good players, they want to learn and be told the truth. And, uh, and that's, that's a big difference, uh, what, you, what you see. You know, people that is curious, let's say KT, Kieran He had to be good. You know, with that, his eyes was like this all the time. He wanted to learn everything. You know, we told him he was like, yes, yes, yes. And he did something with it. These kind of play, uh, players is, is, you know, they, they will succeed. So, so to have the ability to learn, that's that's the most important thing as a player. Without having the the hunger to be the best, that's that's more than talent almost.
2: So, yeah early on, Ronnie. Was there any like funny meetings? Maybe a one-to-one with like Lee Griffiths, uh, trying to explain something. To him? Was there any ones that, that, that were quite amusing?
1: Uh, the problem uh, I have uh, still is like. When we talk about like we talk now, it's okay to talk, but when it's social. I don't understand a shit what uh <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> who is the artist? Lee Griffiths?
1: Ah, uh, Sean Brown also. It was like I just uh, was funny, and I'm like, what did you say now? You know? Was <laughs> a funny, funny, funny there. Lee Griffith also. The one. Charlie was talking a lot as I remember like and it's so hard because you want to be a part of it. And if he if he had speaking in Norwegian, I would be it. May be, be that, but it's a different, different country, different language, so it's, it's tougher to, to understand us when you cut words.
2: Which Scottish people do, huh? <laughs> uh, right, mate? Legia were thrown out obviously playing the, an eligible player. Could you could you take satisfaction in that, or were you still angry with result and performance? Uh, what do you say now? When Legia were thrown out for playing an ineligible player. Did you take any satisfaction in it, or were you still a bit angry with the result and the performance?
1: That made me go out the Champions League.
2: Yeah. I then I
1: was uh, very very broken. I was that was so tough the situation.
0: Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: I was sitting home uh, one time ago, but we didn't get any other chance, so we didn't do it then, because then we played a really good game away. I don't remember who we played, but we, we played really good. It was 1-1 one, one away, and we lost 1-0 at home. I was like, uh, how that was possible? Uh, that was a really bad performance of me, and team and uh, so that was a hard answer but then you see it all when you suffer it's a lot of suffering when you're a manager you suffer but okay what you do with that you have to get your head up chest up and go to work again and and try to improve things and um, start winning and uh, and uh, that was tough at the beginning
2: does it, does it make it harder when you're suffering and when you're in a city like Glasgow you can't leave the house in case you bump into after a bad result especially your own fans but also Rangers fans is that tough?
1: Yes that's uh, like, of course that's, it's, uh, it's different you know um, but I felt it like that in Norway as well you don't want to see people mm. when you lose games you just uh, like maybe it's not that outside but you feel like you, you're being criminal So when you wake up in the morning, it's like you you have your loss. You feel like the cop is standing outside and waiting for you to put him into the cell. Yeah, and uh, I think you need to have that feeling if you if you're gonna be be
2: good. Right, mate. The turning point. Van Dyke's last minute winner. We Aberdeen, and it's the first time we've seen the birth of the old Ronnie Roa. How how good a day was that for you? The connection with the fans kind of started that day. Uh, I didn't know at that time what it's going to be that it's going to be that huge that it went to
1: be but it was a fantastic moment because we had struggle in the league we lost 1-0 against Hamilton we had 15-1 in chances they won 1-0 and then go up there was a tough game and then when we scored and won uh, that was the start of uh, a new era like uh, for that season then we were so strong after that and um, uh, it, was, it was a fantastic uh, feeling and I uh, feel it really connected with the, the fans and, uh, and the club and, and the players
2: also. You felt it with the players also and uh, that, was, that was good. Would you give us one last Ronnie Rohr? Last time we'll ever see it, come on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know, you have to wait, we're winning.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's qualified for the Europa League uh, knockouts as well. What was it that changed? Was it the diet that finally kicking in? Was that the the, the turning point?
1: I think it's important not to make a diet the the big thing here. That's one of 100 things you do. So the way we train is about understanding how we want to play. It's about getting the right players together. um, To get the the staff and everybody to to, to be on the same page. There's a lot of things that you have to do. But we started to to get a good good intensity in what we did. We started to do that, and, uh, and uh, we find a good match in the team. The midfield I was very strong with Neil and Stefan and, and uh, Scott, mm-hmm. and then the partnership uh, with uh, with Van Dijk and Denayer, and then Craig uh, in the goal it was a very hard, good, solid central line. And then also you had two strikers that score goals all the time. So, so I think. We get settled and people start to feel safe in the roles and, and what we expected, how we want to play. The like transition started to be good. And we defended much better than we had done. So And the whole team worked together. So And we started to get fit, really fit. And that that was um, that was the reason why we, we got better.
2: What kind, were you the kind of manager that would encourage team bonding nights out or would, would you rather the boys never went out during the season? One more time. Were you the type of manager that would encourage team bonding like nights out or would you prefer the boys to stay in during the season?
1: No, I think, uh, you know, sometimes it's good to go out and uh, clear your head. Um, again, you have three games in a week, you can't do it. You have seven days to the next game, you know, to go out to have some fun. Uh, it's okay. But uh, again, it's about being ready
2: the, the day after also. So find the balance. It's, it's important. Who was uh, I don't know. If you want to say, who was like the most challenging going to a big club? Who was the player that kind of challenged you the most early on?
1: Uh, they challenged me in different ways, you know. Some was like very hard to change, and some was uh, strong. I think I think um, Scott and Chris was, uh, was strong leaders in the in the group there. I think those two were in a good way challenging. I think that we have some uh, good talks and disagreements, and, uh, you know, to, to listen to the players sometimes is important. So are you
2: that type of manager or anything? You will ask the players their opinion as well, yeah?
1: Yes, we are a team. So, again, that's also was very, it's a tough, it's so different from Scandinavia to, to Scotland. In Scandinavia, we have no hierarchy. We don't care about what you are. We are up we to are, we are, we are who you are. Mm. So, so again, like, you know, for me, when I come in, it's like, if I sit with the king of Norway beside me, I talk with him like a normal guy, it's no problem. But in Scotland, the hierarchy is very strong. So it's a lot of fear in the system. Mm. And sometimes that can be good, but in, in, in Scandinavia, it's very, very different. There's, there's no fear there. Because if the leader is a bad leader, he gets sacked. Whatever if he does a good job uh, with the economy or whatever. So it's just like, um, so that when I was very open-minded and wanted to have advices and, and in, in involve people, that made people more unsecure sometimes. Because when you're used to do what you're told, mm. then you get safe. But if I ask, what do you think? Then you start suddenly to have to say, Stand for something. Yeah. And that uh, makes some people in the beginning very unsecure, very unsecure, and very strange because they are scared to do mistakes. And they, they think that I say, I don't care about mistakes, but I want you to be, uh, I want you to take responsibility for what the, the task you have, you know? And if you are a good, a good staff of me, then I don't think about if it's getting done or not. It's like, You know, I don't need to think about that. Like if you're a physical coach, if I ask a question, so how do you want to train the team uh, to get them more physical good? They always answer me back, oh, depends what you want. And say, I'm not the physical coach. You are the physical coach. You have to tell me what you want. or how are you going to do it? But then very hard to get them to get an answer because if they do mistakes, then they have said it and if, they, if they're responsible as well yeah But I said I don't care about I'd want to rather have opinions than and do mistakes than not have no opinions because I think again that's to working together it's like to, to be get, that, get a culture of reflection culture of taking the demands so this is taking time you know to, to do
2: it takes years to get uh, get into
1: these things right
2: Brilliant. that's excellent I, I think you probably shocked a few of the players there Ronnie because They've Probably never had that before in their career where they've been asked their opinion,
1: all right. That's uh, in Scandinavia, it's very normal,
2: brilliant. I would fucking love that, mate. I want to give my opinion all the time, <laughs> uh, right? Mate, you brought in Armstrong and Gary Mackay. It's important, it's one thing so important if you have an
1: opinion, then oh, no. we'll turn it back to you again. Says okay, we do that. What can I expect from you? So, right. so you, you don't get you have to if you mean something and you have an opinion and you get it through, then you have to have to
2: show and you have to take responsibility for that uh, action that we're going to do. Yeah, so if you give your opinion and you then you put stuff into place to back that opinion, I'd be hopeless, it, honestly. Uh, right, Armstrong and Mackay Stevens. How much I left to they give the place? There's some pair there too, aren't there? With the holding hands, when they signed. And me and Gary? Gary, Makai, Stevens and uh, Stuart Armstrong. There's some boys, aren't there? Yeah, they're fantastic good boys. That was two really good signings, you know. Um,
1: so it uh, was good also because we we, we did uh, did like we had the cup final against London United afterwards, and then they had only eight men to play, so we had to win the game.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Love it. What about were you a manager for like, initiations when new signed? I don't know you have to do uh, so. If Mackay Stevens and Armstrong signs, do you make them sing, dance in front of the players? I don't have to sing. Well, that's not me making them. That was uh, more uh, the players. Everybody yeah. had to sing when they come in. Because I see Gary Mackay Stevens now. He's always on the guitar on his Instagram. I don't know if you've seen it. He is? Yeah, he's learning the guitar. Uh, I have an uh,
1: Icelandic player as well. He's a pop star in Iceland. So, so maybe they can play together. Should make wow. a good song or if... They were so good at making songs here. That they're in Celtic, then there
2: uh, should be a should be a song already. <laughs> See on the guy Stevens and uh, uh Armstrong, Ronnie. Had you seen them play and like them, or was it was it a, a networking place that kind of picked players? I was north.
1: but yeah. uh, sometimes it's very important to hear what the, the players think about that as well. And they they like them, and they think we're hard to play against uh And we checked of course everything around them about the uh, mentality and uh they they suited um, our mentality that we want to build really really good It was um wanting to learn and they have legs they want to run mm. and uh and uh, humble boys uh with skills so so they went they make us even better.
2: I'm just surprised that I was never flagged up at Dundee.
1: Ah, uh, Me too.
2: A <laughs> um, couple of weeks later, mate, you're uh, Inter Milan at Celtic Park. 3-3 draw. Is that the best you've seen in the stadium, man? I remember the game. The atmosphere was amazing that night, wasn't
1: it? Oh, unbelievable. It was uh, the biggest, biggest atmosphere day uh, I've been to uh, ever in a, in a game. It was fantastic. When we scored a 3-3 goal, we could It was... I was unbelievable feeling. So and also a good performance. Um we were so close to be, to beat them uh, on two legs there. I think it was it Big Virgil got sent off? Big Virgil get sent off? Uh, after 35 minutes or something in the down in San Zero. And we keep them to zero zero into eighty-five minutes or something, eighty minutes. And uh, we had a top couple big, big opportunities. So we were stay the 11,
2: 11, eleven I think we had a had a really good uh, opportunity to beat them so you understand on the side of the pinch, Lonnie, in their games can you enjoy it or is it just too intense to uh,
1: these times you enjoy these things but football you enjoy more afterwards mm. you're, not, you're not sitting and thinking wow this is fantastic when you, uh, the game is on uh, you have to be focused but afterwards when you sit down in your couch and you, you just listen and uh, listen to the music or see the TV you're like starting to feel how big it was yeah,
2: because it was about that time that we played you at Dundee, and yous absolutely spanked us, and you were getting rave reviews about your style of play. Did you find? Did you think at that time, I'm starting to get excited about this team? We can go places.
1: Yes, I was. I think we had a really, really good team. I was like, uh, I was
2: when you like
1: not not often. I had that in 2013 with the uh, and the same with something uh, in in that from the last part of the first year. It was like you sit down on the bench and you know that if, we, if we're going to lose this game, we have to do something, something crazy has to happen. Mm. Uh, so like, I was so secure that we're going to win games all the time and uh, you, you trusted the team so, so, good, so, so much. So,
2: um, and they developed all the time, so that was a really good team. Because some of the football you played, it was all short, sharp, intricate passing. But was that just work on the training game constantly? Well, we did that, but also we defended really good. I think uh, I'm not 100%
1: this, but I think actually that, that seems to me considered the l- least least goal ever in Scottish football. They wow. got eight, 18 goals in in 40, yeah. 38 games. I think that was uh, I don't, I'm not sure of that, but this, but uh, I, I'm reminded that, that was somebody telling me. But we anyway, 18
2: goals in 38 games is nothing. Tremendous, uh, and then you play Rangers in the League Cup semi-final. Do you prepare a team differently for a game like that, or is it exactly the same as, as every every game? I
1: mean, we were so much better than them in that time, so I was just keep going. But of course, it's it's a different atmosphere around the building, and you you feel that it's something big is going to happen. So, but um, we were so much better than them in in that time.
2: Seeing so, the fact that you were so much better than them, is there that worry that? We are much better than them. If they beat us, I'm going to get leathered. As I said, that time I trusted the team so much, so I, I couldn't see it coming. And how was that to beat Rangers, So like the atmosphere after that as well? Again, another big moment for you,
1: Ah, uh, It was big, big, very big. So, We yeah, had so much family and friends the, there as well, so after the game we really enjoyed that moment. So
2: that was... Um, so they are always going to remember. Brilliant. And then 15th of March, first trophy as a Celtic manager, the League Cup. Is it a different sort of feeling winning a cup at a, a club like Celtic? Yeah. Is it like
1: uh, is when you won when I won the cup with uh, as a player with a bit odd uh, having to win for 60 years, and also when you win uh, with Sturm's Good, so it's it's you feel much bigger than when you win the Celtic because it's like this is how it should be. But at the same time, it was a trophy and it comes in and, um, you know, you, you, you get more more confidence and more calm. And we, go, we were leading the league uh, with 15, 20 points at that time, I'm sure, as well. So, so, like, we had a really, really, it was like everybody wanted the treble. Though. I was, like, looking at the players, every training, everybody was so focused to win the treble. And uh, I was thinking, you know, this, this, this
2: could happen. See, after you win the League Cup, are you, do you ever get a drink with the players after back at Celtic Park? Or do you go out with the players ever? I don't think uh, we did
1: celebrate that at all. Uh, not me, uh, because uh, it was game three days after or something again. So I don't think so. It was just uh, some cake, uh, some food uh, in
2: Celtic Park. So Rubbish. The Cup should be this last day of the season. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and as you say, Ronnie, the treble was on. Until controversy occurred, cup semi final, clear handball, penalty. Could you actually believe that? Could you see the ball hit his hand from where he yeah. was standing?
1: So it's all clear. And that game is, uh, I think, when I'm looking back to, on my career, it's going to be the toughest game, most irritating game in my life. Because we were so much better than them in the, the first half. And um, there should be 2 0 there. And a man sent off. So the game is over we I mean, had to get, then get uh, I think Falkirk in the final if we do that and, uh, yes we had to play that game but of course then big big chance to win that so for me uh, we were devastated I was devastated it was like we felt it was so close to to could take the, the treble the team deserved it because they were so focused in that time so I felt so sorry for everybody uh, uh, after the game
2: do you think the decision affected the performance after the decision was given do you think it then affected the performance in the second half?
1: Uh, maybe. But uh, we got 10 men uh, uh, straight after. We, it was just a long ball and then uh, Craig, uh, was something happened with Craig come out and then he get the red card and the penalty and then, you know, it didn't change. Even though it, I think it went, went to it went to extra time. So, sure. You we know, fighting the whole, whole time in. But
2: uh, ah, that was a tough moment. I have to say that. Was there was there ever an explanation given to you about the decision?
1: Aye, was not. So, but what can you do? Uh, that's that's how it is. We have to keep on. But um,
2: that was that was a, a tough decision. That's heartbreaking me because if, if you win that game, it's it's a treble. It's Celtic like in your be a dream first season, wouldn't it? Did that leave a wee sour taste at the end of the season, or could you still enjoy the league and the league cup?
1: I enjoyed every moment of that first year it was uh, improving all the time uh, maybe we got strong we did good in Europe uh, and uh, I was like looking forward to get into that start of the next season now because uh, the team was like I felt like we, we could really do something into Champions League and uh, and, uh, and so on at that time
2: when the league was wrapped up you were over in Norway weren't you? Uh, Yes, I think it was in Spain for 14 days. So did you have a big party over there? I had a,
1: uh, had a party or two, but uh, I must have a lot of really like, relaxed
2: also. You know? so. Uh, <laughs> you to relax, right? I had family. So, Is that the most tired you've been in the summer? Your <laughs> first year in a selling <laughs> job, are you knackered? You asked me
1: a lot about party, but... Uh, for me, I'm a very social guy. I love being, you know, to, to sit and talking with people, have a, a glass of wine or beer or being together. And that, that's something to make me do, to relax and to think about other things sometimes. But it's important to do it in the right moments and, um, and with the right people, that's important, you know. Um, uh, for me, I, I don't, uh, with alcohol, I don't like, I never, never in my life take a beer at home alone. Yeah. Never, ever happened. So, uh, but social, you know, I think also, when you're drinking together and talking together, you're more open and you, you get closer to people. So, it's, it's a lot of uh, positive things with with that, but it has to be in the right the right, um, right, time.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's, a common, it's a common thing on my interviews. I always ask about party, because I love to party. Do <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> uh, you have to celebrate life sometimes as well? Of course you do, mate. I'm celebrating every day. And I don't know what I'm celebrating, but I'm still celebrating. Um, did you expect Van Dyke to leave that summer, Ronnie? Were you told that he'd be sold?
1: Yes. I was not told, but I, everybody understands that. But I was very... Hard. I, I was thinking... I said the Virgin and, and his agent and everybody said, like, you're not going to a medium club in, in England. You're going to the top four. Five. that's how good you are and he was lying, I want to call him a cool man and all these things and uh, in the end we had to do that but uh, the history I told that so stupid uh, City Liverpool United the boss not taking him one year before because then they had the same 45 million if they had done that so one or two years before so but uh, that that was that was tough to, to lose him, of course. And also Jason went away. Mm-hmm. So the two center defenders go. Uh, Dividetti went away. This was important Play in the, uh, in the dressing room. He yeah, was a very connected guy. So, so that was... Uh, but that's how it is in clubs like... A little bit like selling clubs. Like Celtic has to be because of the economy is so different from, uh, from England.
2: See, with your connections to the City group and you knew Van Dijk was going to go. Did you get in touch with City and say, listen, you should take this guy now? Yes. I said what, what was the I reaction?
1: I think they asked, answered very good uh, because I said you have to take him, I said to City. And I said, okay, tell me the best European game he has played. And I will watch it one more time. And I couldn't tell him what game that was because he hadn't known any really, really good European games. He was really, really dominant in Scotland. But I don't, he gets sent off against uh, uh, Inter away. You know, that was a big test. And uh, and I think if he had played fantastically in that game, he would be bought by the big, big year. Because I, I think the clubs are thinking Scottish football is too low level. Um, and um, and uh, they don't want to take a chance on a player for that kind of money, money if they don't really sure and then they're thinking okay Europe then you can show how good you are and I think Van Dijk was good but had didn't have that one really really good game when uh, in Europe
2: why do you think that was Ronnie why do you think he never I, had that great game in Europe back
1: year uh, I, I, I don't for him as well it's, uh, you know, it was his first really year that he played in Europe yeah it's important to understand he had some I think the year before he had some uh, come on and um, had some games in Champions League that, that year, but uh, but that was the f- first year it was really into into the into the into the Europe and we're yeah uh, are going to perform.
2: So so I think, I think that takes a little bit of time. Okay, I love this story. I don't know if this is true or not. Keane Tierney was that a mistake? Was that a fluke? Keane Tierney got to train with the first team. Is that true?
1: No, no, that was not a mistake. Was it not? But uh, as the first training he was on I was like, "Wow, where was he?" But uh, he played a lot of winger, and he had some big problems with his uh, cough. He couldn't play forty-five minutes without getting cramping in the cough. So I had uh good medical staff around me, and uh, they they get him better and better. And I told uh, the the manager on. The, um, on, the, on the 21 or 23 team that uh, he has to play left fullback because that's just going to be his position. And then after that, he just he went straight up to the sky. It was like, uh, you couldn't keep him out of the team. He was unbelievable. Why did,
2: why did you think he was a left fullback and not a left winger? Because
1: he, you know, he has the things that uh, the fullbacks nowadays almost don't have. He's so hard to beat one way one defense lead. It's like you, I remember James and the other players and players, they didn't want to play against him because he kicked them down all the time and he was so aggressive. And, um, and at the same time, he, he could go up and down the side. Um, his technical ability had to improve a little bit, but uh, and his crossing, but his energy and the heart he had, the love of Celtic was like. I, he had, uh, he's, he's like a dream young player you, you can get up, you know. They're a little bit old-fashioned, good left-back uh, defensively, but at the same time can attack. So the only thing that stopped him to be one of the best is injuries. And that was I said now when he went to Arsenal as well. And now he's been injured a lot there. That's, he has to get control of his body. If he do that, he will be top Premier League player, I'm sure.
2: See, when you say that, you had to improve technically. So what would you do, Ronnie? Would you take him out in the afternoon and work on that? Or was it up to him to do that himself? I would, uh,
1: yes, but we had the assistants to do that. John and John, of course, work with him. Um, Showing pictures, no, you know, uh, so he tactically get better and, and technically. So it's about, again, the process through every game that he, he need to learn. And he practice crossing. Um, so...
2: He gets better and better all the time. Really, what a player. Uh, right, just on uh, the next part, we're going to talk about the last hurdle, the, U, uh, the Champions League qualification against Malmo. Did that result kind of kill the momentum you had in the previous season?
1: Yes, that was, uh, that was the biggest hit Uh had. Of course, this, this Cup semi-final, but we played so well. At Celtic Park, the first half was like you didn't almost believe what you see. It was so dominant, and we were so strong. And, uh, yeah. and we ended up only winning 3-2. Uh, we should have won more. Um, so we put ourselves in a bad situation before the, the away game. Uh, and um, but again, the, the first half was, we were rocking uh, in the first half. But uh, was so sad that we couldn't. Keep up and keep the concentration.
2: Why do why do you think that was? Is it, why why were we so good the first half of that game and then? And I then don't know. I don't know. But
1: the whole preseason, we just continue where we were. Uh, that, we didn't we lose one game. I think in the preseason, uh, we go we played a tough game in uh, Karabakh, uh, and we went through 0-0 and one zero at home. It's tough. And too good. Uh, and Then we went to Malmö. We just attacked them the first. We couldn't be 3 0 up at the beginning there. Um, and then uh, when uh, Joachim Berger scored 2 1 uh, straight before half time, it like maybe we started to think a little bit too much. And uh, then, you know, when we get 3 1 with Lee Griffith and we couldn't keep
2: it up there in the end, that was uh, disappointing. <laughs> See, that time, Ronnie, could you feel like fan pressure mounting? At that time, we were flying.
1: So I, I, I was so sure, you know, it's like uh, this is going to be good. But um, away, we choked, choked. We were we were not even close to be at the level we should be. And that's, that I have to take a lot of responsibility for, you know. So, um, the team selection, maybe uh, the way we handle the pressure into the game. Now, Celtic has never been fantastic away, but uh, at the same time, we... We, we, we the performance was not good enough to to get through the, uh, the, that way. So that was the turning point in the, my Celtic career, for mm-hmm. sure. And we lose Van Dijk, and there was so many things happening then around this time. Um, and our signings were not good enough. We ever get too many players in the, in, the, in the squad, and, and I lose little control of the group because it gets. There was not as clear leading group like it was the year before. Uh, and uh, and that's, that ruined, uh, ruined uh, the culture in the, in the team.
2: See, when you're under a bit of pressure on it, is the worst thing that could happen, the incident with Chris Collins, is that the worst thing that could happen for a manager? In the public, everyone can see it.
1: Yeah, you could say it, yes. But I didn't think about the public at that time. It was just the furious because of uh, the team. So, because it's about respect, you know, and, um, and, uh, but again, it's emotional players and people want to win, and, uh, and, uh, it's, it's, uh, tough personalities. Uh, Chris has personality, so, but we deal with it, and that's the most important thing. You deal with it and go on, and you hopefully learn something from it, and, um, uh, and, um, we did that, so but um, but there was just a a drop that's uh, get too much, you know. Because for everybody, it was like uh, we didn't perform. When we lose against Molde Like well, at home was the worst. We lose there away. It's like a tougher uh, arena to come. on But at home was like uh, we 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 were not good enough in that period. We were playing. We didn't deserve anything more than we we get.
2: See, when you were you were saying the recruitment wasn't good enough. Were you saying to people that like, these players aren't good enough for Celtic"?
1: Uh When you have signed players and you have a squad, you have to build them up. So, of course, uh, when we are on the on the office together, we were talking about all these things, of course. That's that's uh, how everything is. But you have to also look yourself in the mirror. So, it's about are you doing a good enough job? Mm. And um and uh, uh, I'm sure it's, uh, and I was also uh, I was into the decisions to, to uh, do all the signings and things like that. So, so that's, that's a very important thing in uh, coaching. And it's a tough thing because you have to try to find players that is more value than they actually cost. Mm. Because uh, the, the money we, we spend uh, the two years I was there is not even close to what they're doing now course they're earning more money now but um, it was uh, was a culture shift when i took over because then it was like we have to build young players we have to sell uh, players and then um and then stay to be the best team in scotland and, and try to do something in europe so so but i knew that so that's something that uh, i had no problem with but um I and we did uh, some mistakes uh, there, and I had too many players. And when you had too many players, you, when you put five players out of the squad, you know yourself done that you have problems in the dressing
2: room. Ronnie, I'm always one of the five players that's left out of the squad, so I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> when you see that, Ronnie, the first person you look at is yourself. So you're looking back now, is there things that you would have done differently then? What would they have been?
1: I would uh, be much stronger in the signings. Uh, that's uh, number one, I think. Um, to, to like we did with very good signings with uh, with uh, with uh, Gary um, and what's his name again? Uh, Stuart Armstrong. Stuart. Yeah. Uh, so so that, that's good signings, you know. Not, but and 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 have young players, you know, with with uh, potential was. We were more. Um, we took more chances, um, and we didn't. We didn't find the right ones to, and also see what kind of people you need to to build the culture.
2: Cause see, from me from the outside, just looking at like Carlton and Cole and Kazim Richards, it didn't really seem like your type of players the way you played football. That's what kind of baffled me a bit.
1: Yeah, but both of them has you know on the best the unbelievable ability, but the way I didn't get the best. Uh, the, uh, Cole was a fantastic guy and um uh, you know he, if he had been uh, at his peak he would be fantastic for for Celtic. but uh, he was not he couldn't run the same way like he did before and um uh, I was hoping we could get him back at level but we we never did it and and uh then you you know with a big character like that it's, he has pride of course and it it it's just making bad energy around uh, the club, you know. Um, and Kasim as well was a lot of ability, but uh, didn't have that culture that uh, we wanted to have, and that, that what we had last last uh, year. So that was um, very. It's not about nothing wrong with the players. It's
2: um, it's the wrong time. Yeah. Uh, first of all, with with. Cole see see, for like when you're talking about the highs of being the city manager how good it is see when it is tough how, how hard is it how hard is it to even enjoy life and socialising outside the football does it just take over completely your thoughts no
1: totally it's like uh,
2: it's a lifestyle it's not a job
1: so you live with it all the time and when it's going bad you you know, your head is exploding about finding solutions and uh you have to take care of yourself so you get your energy right and focus on the right things. So it's like, uh, it's a lot of suffering. Suffering all the time. But um, when you get the good moments, it's it's worth it sometimes, you know.
2: Brilliant. A guy who's had a lot of good moments, like Lee Griffiths, big player for you, scored 40 goals. How good a player is he?
1: He's a fantastic player, fantastic finisher. Um, but with him as well, it's, um, he, he could be scoring 40 goals every year, but uh, he's not consistent enough and there's uh, too much injuries um, and he had to take care of himself better than they have done. Um, but uh, when he's on his top, he's, uh, he's just not a good player, but he's a profile. You know, you love to have around him. fans love him when he fights. He, he, he's, he's a top striker when he, when he is fit and take care of himself.
2: Is he, uh, is he funny? Is he a funny guy, Ronnie?
1: Yeah, he is. He's very funny. It was funny to have him on the weight every day. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but do you, do you see that in Scottish players then? Obviously, the injuries that, you, that you've mentioned, it's the Scottish guys. Is it, is it because of the way we live our lives? Is it our culture?
1: I love the, the Scottish players because they are like I grew up with, like we were. Yeah. Because uh, they're tough. They're, you know, so respectful, you know, they're never moaning about bad weather or bad pitches or a lot of games or load or we can five it minutes, to minutes too late in the stadium or just, you know, They just go out and did the job. And uh, That's not normal around. You can tell. So, so that kind of culture is, you know, something I really admire by the, the Scottish players. And, uh, and then uh, of course they have something to learn from some other cultures as well. That's how it is. But this desire and this this hunger to to fight this is uh, I remember playing on the United one time there it was I didn't see one green grass of the the pitch and there was five was three red cards and it was like all over the pitch that wouldn't happen in uh, in Norway or yeah, yeah. Sweden or whatever because you know this uh, that meant something I was like the heart of the whole Celtic is special.
2: Yeah. Another big moment as well, Ronnie, was uh, Tom Roderick's last-minute winner at Rugby Park taking control of the title race again. How, how good a feeling is that is nothing compared to that last-minute winner?
0: Especially uh, the goal he scored okay.
1: there. But again, that was because of, you know, that we had won it. Because uh, when I saw I didn't improve the team anymore, I was feeling like we've played so shit against the Rangers. We were like... And I didn't get the best out of the players, and I saw that uh, my energy, my the pressure on my my position was so hard that it affected the team. So I, we decided together, Peter and me, that you know enough is enough. And I I said if I go out and say it now, I'm sure that we we will get some other energy into the team and we will finish in a good way because the worst thing can happen for me is to lose the, the, the league title because I could never live with that. That would be the worst thing so i remember i did it after this <laughs> rangers game and then we played hearts at home the 0-0 was not good but that was only three four days after so i knew it would take a little bit time to to recover the energy and then the, after that we were just flying again we were winning games and 4-0 at home against uh, aberdeen 8-0 in the last game i was seven or six so so that made me very happy and like that was the right moment then to to go uh, separate ways, and, uh, and I knew that Celtic had a, a team, uh, some really good young players and also some leaders there that, that could build on them, and they get Brent Rodgers was I know, one of the best managers in the world, so, so that, was, that was great for, for Celtic.
2: I know it's going to be tough, eh? but just on the Rangers game, um, see when you mentioned the first time you knew you were a lot better than Rangers at that time, yeah. could you see that Rangers had improved since then?
1: Yes, they they had more confidence and they played even without pressure because they were like underdogs. But we played so bad. We were we should run them off the park. Yeah. So that was um that was a big hit. That was that was the finish for me. You know, I was like thinking and after but I was almost not angry afterwards because I was like so disappointed and everything and then I felt like now um uh, the need changes to something has to happen to, to go in to win the title and and move on.
2: So when you're back, what, what do you think did go wrong? Why do you think, was it the wrong team selection? Was it the wrong tactic? What do you think went think wrong think that day?
1: Uh, so there was a lot of things. So just too much load on the players.
2: Yeah.
1: And, um, and uh, on security. And maybe also was lack of energy, you know, uh, that uh, after everything that's happened. So, and the pressure on me was very hard. So, so, it, was, so it was not about the tactics or anything. I think it was just amount of load and the uncertainty, uh, unsecure players and maybe unsecure uh, staff and everything as well. So could
2: you feel that kind of before the game, Ronnie? I don't remember if I felt it before. I don't think so. Uh, okay, so last few games at Celtic, as you say, wrapped up the league, Time Castle, Trophy Day, 7-0, win the Motherwell, tremendous day again. So again, for the low, you then get another high. It's kind of the poison chalice of the Celtic job, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it was, it was. But uh, again, fantastic time and a uh, fantastic finish was like that. And uh, we have uh, so much talent in the team. And uh, I think they've proven uh, after I went also what kind of team that is. is uh, is unbelievable. And so impressed about what they've done afterwards. And the whole club is not only the players, it's the whole culture in the club. And uh, I can feel that and it helped me a lot, uh, the togetherness. So, uh, so that, was, uh, that was special.
2: You must be proud as well, Ronnie. as you said. The likes of Tierney, Armstrong, Van Dyke, Kavé McGregor's playing now. The way you brought the players through, you must look back and have a, an immense amount of pride in that.
1: Yes, I, l- I love, I follow Celtic all the time. It's one of the teams, you and you know, not always you do that when you're the coach team, but I really are a Celtic supporter still, and I follow the team. A lot, and um now I'm in New York, and know there's a lot of Celtic supporters here as well, and um, I know there's a lot of uh, Irish popsters so that are gonna visit after a while also, so that's gonna yeah. be gonna be good so I can see the, see the games and uh, and enjoy the atmosphere again. Have you bumped in any Celtic fans over there I was in uh, play Toronto away, and we lose one 0 and then there was five uh, rangers uh, uh, celtic fans there was uh, very happy after the game. I was not so happy, but uh, I took pictures, <laughs> uh, so that was uh, was nice, very nice.
2: And one thing I always wondered as well: Do you still keep in contact with any of the players, like Van Dijk or that? Do you have a text or phone? I, I don't have so much contact with the
1: players. I'm more having uh, uh, John and John uh, some contact as uh, and Peter. Um, but if I meet them again, it's like should be like yesterday. So that's uh, that's the most important thing. And so busy life, all of us.
2: Yeah, uh, and you're in the history books in the league winner, but how much would it mean to you for certainly like, to go on and get 10 in a row and you be a big part in
1: it? I'd be uh, amazing, amazing. So, uh, next year going to be important. I think uh, Neil and uh, the team and everyone has done fantastic, and uh, you know, it's been uh, building up a new, new big team again. And uh, and uh, he, um, I'm sure he's going to drag they clubbed the into 10 and then um, hopefully I can be there and celebrate with them.
2: Thanks very much, mate.
1: Thank you. Right, bye.
0: <laughs> Developing new skills will make a big difference in your working life.
1: Personally speaking, it opened new work options for me.
2: If you work in a sector experiencing change and are looking for an opportunity to upskill or reskill, contact your local education and training board to explore options available to you. Skills to Advance is a new national initiative offering subsidised upskilling and reskilling opportunities for employees of all ages. Brought to you by Solace and the Education and Training Boards, an initiative of the Government of Ireland. It's the new football season, and now TV's hit the back of the net. Oh, it's a stunner! As you can get the Sky Sports and Sports Extra Passes half price for three months. Now that's more like it!
0: So, you can stream Sky Sports, Premier Sports and BT Sport at 50% off, and all without a contract. It's perfect!
2: that is world class your sport on your terms search now TV sports to find out more 18 plus content streamed via internet standard pricing after three months further terms apply
0: imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time